This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Right now we're talking Jets at 1-800-919-3776. At the bottom of the hour, my good friend Freddie Coleman from uh, Freddie and Fitz will join me. We're going to talk a bunch of different things, a bunch of topics. Talk a little NCAA, talk a little NFL. We're going to talk about a bunch of things with Freddie Coleman. He's a fun type guy. I see, you know, it's funny. I haven't seen him in person in a good while, but I see him every day walking to work on Twitter. <laughs> he tells you what's coming up on the show. He's walking the campus, giving you a little tour action. Oh, we're going to peek his brain with a couple of things here on 9870 ESPN at the bottom of the hour. Let's head back to you on the phones. 1 800 919 3776. Charles is in Brooklyn. What's up, Charles? Yeah, Larry, I, I got two QBs for you. Um, tell me if you agree, if 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 they can come here as a backup or if Aaron doesn't show up, um, they, he, they could start. Um, Philip Rivers, if he comes out of retirement. and He's um, not coming out of retirement, so give me the second one. No? Uh, no. What about um, Colin Kaepernick? He, no, you're wrong on both, Charles. Thanks for the phone call. Neither one of those guys are going to play. Um, I think Colin Kaepernick at this point has just resolved himself that he's not going to play in the NFL. And I don't, I think that for the fact that he hasn't played in a long time, um, kind of minimizes his opportunity to come back and play. So I don't see him as an option. And Phillip Rivers is coaching high school somewhere. I don't see him coming back either. He was, um, very happy with, you know, the fact that he had given up his, you know, he, he played as long as he could. No, I, I don't see those as either being, I don't see those as uh, actual options. Uh, there's a Ryan Tannehill, but I mean, come on. You, Jeff fans don't want Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> they don't. They don't. I think they only want uh, Zach Wilson worse than they want Ryan Tannehill. Because remember, Ryan Tannehill, when last we saw him in the playoffs, through what interceptions on three consecutive series, and the reason he was successful there was because they had Derrick Henry, who was the the man running that offense, who's also on the on the block. I keep hearing him moving. I keep hearing Buffalo. It's a bunch of different places you're hearing about Derrick Henry possibly moving to. You know, how about Ezekiel Elliott on the Jets, huh? I tell you, it's amazing. Once you hear this talk about Aaron Rodgers, it is, it is comparable to what the situation has been with Tampa, right? Everybody wants to – now everybody's to get Aaron Rodgers. Ooh, maybe I can go there. Ooh, maybe so – all these people are coming. You, know, all the, you hear all these rumored people that wouldn't even consider the Jets. <laughs> During the season, wouldn't even consider them. I'm interested. I'm interested. Joe's in West Harrison. Joe, you're next on 98.7. Hey, long time no speak. Hope all is well with you. Everything is good, Joe. What's going on, my friend? Uh, I had a nice story before I talk about the Jets. I was okay. in Tampa, St. Pete, where my family lives, and we have a restaurant. And I got the extreme pleasure. I've played with Mike Torres before with golf and then I got mm-hmm. to play with Kenny Singleton mm-hmm. who I love right 
Oh my God! So the short the stories we shared, and I had forgotten he went to Mount Vernon High School. So we're talking right. a lot about Westchester Island. So it was mm-hmm. a real, real nice story. His voice is so distinct, like yours, and good people, like the both of you are. Just letting you guys know that I appreciate what you guys mm-hmm. do on the radio. Yeah, thank you. Uh, no problem. So yeah, get back to the Jets. Listen, I'll, I'll take Aaron for two years. At this point, I don't want to give up the 13th pick. I'll give up next year's first round because you know if we win enough games, that pick won't matter too much. Right. Um, but I'll take a shot with him because there's nothing on the roster quarterback-wise. But, you know, they can't afford to spend so much on the offense because we do need a little work on the defense. Our corners are solid. Our safeties are good. But, you know, Mosey getting up there in age and with that stretch for a little bit more, maybe the mobile. And they're going to need somebody at nose guard to take, you know, to clog stuff up. So I am in favor of it, but we do have other work to do for sure. But I think the Jets could be a playoff team this year. Well, they better be, Joe. Yeah, <laughs> they better be. Right? Thanks for they the phone call. If you yeah, got Aaron Rodgers, go. if you got Aaron Rodgers, you better be a playoff team, okay? And I get Larry. Well, Green Bay wasn't a playoff team last year, and they had Aaron Rodgers. You're right; they weren't. He he underachieved. There's no question. He did not have a good year, but his numbers on 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 the Jets, those numbers look stupendous. <laughs> his numbers, average for Aaron Rodgers. Looks stupendous compared to the jet, the the quarterback play the Jets got, and not just from Zach Wilson, from Wilson White, and all of them, Strebla, all the guys, all of them, Flacco, all of them. Eddie's in LA. What's up, Eddie? Hey, Larry, what's up, man? What's happening, partner? Man, I want to let just let you know before I get into my Jets point that I've been listening to you for years. And you might not want to say it, but I'm going to say it for you. They need to put you on prime time. Uh, I've been listening to sports radio since the 90s when it first was incepted, you know, the beginning years. And uh, uh, you're one of the best. So I'm going to say it for you, and they need to put you on prime time. I need to listen to you almost every day. But now, going on to my uh, Jets. I've been a Jets fan since 1980. I started watching football when I was 10 years old. Mm. So if you do the math, you'll know my age. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I'm a sports fanatic. I love all three of them. I just want to tell all these uh, crazy Jet fans and all these pessimistic Jet fans, relax. Aaron Rodgers is on his way. Stop crying about draft picks. Stop crying about we're going to give this and give that. What do you got to lose? You haven't been to the Super Bowl since 1969. What do you got to lose? Be happy that the organization is fine and we got uh, a general manager that's going all out as they see a good team on the field and they're going to go get a quarterback that makes a, a football team engine run to its max. And I'll hang up and listen to you. God bless you, Larry. I'll speak to you soon. All right, Eddie. Thanks for the kind words. And look, I agree with you to a point. I think you should be concerned about your number one pick, Eddie, because you're not just a quarterback away. You still need other pieces to this team. All right? And you and you want to still stay you want to still stay young. Okay? Because you're bringing in veterans. You're bringing in guys who are going to going to age your team substantially. And that's okay because that's what you're trying to do to win. So I get it. I get it. But that's what happens is that after the two years or the year, and let's say Aaron Rodgers moves on, you still have to have pieces there. This is, yes, it's about this year because of what the situation is with your current coaching staff and administration. All right? 
Because if they don't get to the postseason, we understand. They're all out. Douglas is gone. Sal is gone. They're all out. And you're starting from scratch all over again. So we get that. We understand that. So, yeah, that's what it's about. But it's also about having sustainable success. It's also about being not being in the position where you haven't made the playoffs for 10 years, over 10 years again. That you're in the position where you're in the hunt. Okay? That you're in the hunt to, to make sure that you have an opportunity to make the playoffs, to win the division. And eventually you are still going to have to address the quarterback situation on this team. Aaron Rodgers only delays that thought process. You still have to find a quarterback for when he's gone. And so at some point in time in the draft, they are still going to have to draft a quarterback. Because, you know, I don't know. You're wondering, you're hoping that Zach Wilson will learn something sitting behind uh, Aaron Rodgers. But there's no guarantee. You're hoping that he'll be better. You're hoping that he will at least be a competent quarterback learning and watching Aaron Rodgers work and in film study and things of that nature. Yeah, you're hoping that. There's no guarantee. As a matter of fact, that's the reason you're in this situation. 1-800-919-3776. Before we step away to come back and talk to you some more, let me tell you about our good friends at London Jewelers. Yeah, because we and they, ESPN New York, along with our partner London Jewelers, are giving you the chance to be in Cleveland when the boys from the Bronx come to town. You know, that includes round-trip airfare, two-night hotel stay, and 200 bucks in spending money. How do you get it? Well, you hand to a, a London Jewelers near you, enter for your chance to win, and you can also go to travelwiththehometeam.com or... You can enter on the ESPN New York app. It's all brought to you by the engagement experts at London Jewelers. Visit London Jewelers today at any of their seven locations, including the newest location at the mall in Short Hills. For full contest rule, go to ESPNNewYork.com. We'll be back in a minute. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Tom and Joe, considering we talk Jets early and often, <laughs> People are still engaged with going on with what's going to happen with this Jet team. It's what the people want, Larry. It's what I the know. people are getting here on 98.7 ESPN. Absolutely. And and Joe, as a Jet fan, you I know you're done, right? You're just ready to get the show moving. I want. I just want the announcement just to know how what the compensation is to rationalize it and then have the overreaction, underreaction, proper reaction to Rodgers being the Jet quarterback, which he's the best quarterback bar none this organization's even thought about bringing in so that excitement will come it's just i'm a little tired like everyone else i'm a little a little fatigued from from rogers watch i hear you it'll be over soon one can hope yeah at least you're in the conversation for getting him see that's the main thing that, he chose yeah, that's you important he chose you yeah and i you know i you know it, i'm I wanted Lamar this entire time, and when Rodgers said, you know, he wants to play for the Jets, five seconds later I was like, all right, I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> Where we? But, you, but you'd rather have Lamar. Yeah, no. If the situation was right. I'm sure most Jet fans would rather have Lamar if the situation was right. Because he's younger. It's more years. you got more chances. You know? And I think at this point in his career, he's the better quarterback. Yeah, no question about it. No question about it. Back to the phones we go. Craig is in Lansing. Craig, you're next on 
Hey, yeah, and you know, I think that there might be something to it where they're just kind of trying to stick it to Rodgers for a little while, make him wait a little bit longer so he doesn't always get his way. That's just speculation, but on, the, on a real level of notation here, I'm look, you're looking at a team that not only has Garrett Wilson, but this will be – last year I think was the first time Rodgers had ever played with a first-round draft pick that was a wide receiver hmm. with Sammy Watkins. This year, if Corey Davis is still on that roster come week one, he'll have not only two wide receivers that were picked – um, you know, in the first round, but two that were picked in the top 10. So, you know, I think a lot of people overlook Corey Davis's talent um, because he hasn't really blown up, but this will be his chance if he's still on that team. And in the meantime, don't you guys think that they should sign a backup quarterback? I mean, you got Sam Darnold. Um, and the reason I say backup, because people say, well, Zach Wilson's the backup. Well, right now he's the starter, actually. So the reason I say that, so you got Sam Darnold got uh, $4.5 million, Dalton uh, $10 million, and Baker Mayfield, eight and a half. What is Matt Ryan worth? What, what about Teddy Bridgewater, Carson Wentz? That, that's it. There's a, those are the only oh. three left of anybody that's played significant Ooh. time. So would it be smart, and how much do you think those guys are worth? All right, Craig, thanks for the phone call. You, when you said Carson Wentz, you send a chill through my body. Uh, it's funny you mentioned Teddy Bridgewater because Dennis Wozniak, who was, I guess, earlier, texted me to say, by the way, Dennis, uh, Teddy Bridgewater is still available. He was a former Jet. He was a Jet before. He was down in Miami last year. Uh, he could be a person that, yeah, is, is available as far as a, a free agent backup. That's a possibility. Uh, there's no question about it. So, yeah, he, he's available. Uh, listen, the money is going to be interesting, Craig. I'm not sure what the money is going to be. Uh, but once again, the money is going to be dictated by what you have left available as your free agency under the salary cap. But you do have some options there, and I agree with you. They will have to sign a veteran because I don't think they want to put Zach Wilson in that situation. Okay, if when when Aaron Rodgers arrives, I think that Wilson will be the number three quarterback. Remember, he he was inactive twice this season. Not the backup. He didn't dress. He didn't dress. That says a lot. Ryan's in Greenlawn. What's up, Ryan? Hey, what's going on, Larry and Joe? How are you? We're doing great, man. What's happening? Not much. Um, I just called up because, you know, there's all this talk about not wanting to give up a first-round draft pick for a player who could could actually be, you know, an MVP. Back to form after an injury season last year. The guy was great for two years. Giving up a first-round pick, you're not giving up anything. If you want this team to be good, you got to give up something to get something. I'm, uh, listen, Ryan, um, I would rather give up a couple of twos. Thanks for the phone call if, if I had to. I need the first-round draft pick. I'm not a quarterback away. I need a substantial upgrade on my offensive line. I do. I need to do some other stuff. Listen, if they could get away with a three, they'll do a three because they realize they need more. It's not just him. He doesn't guarantee that you get to the, to the Super Bowl. He doesn't guarantee that you get deep into the postseason. He helps your offense tremendously. Tremendously. But you still need you still have to find a way to stop people on defense. Okay, you still need to when Tampa brought in Tom Brady, they didn't just stop at Tom Brady. <laughs> they brought in a bunch of people. They brought in Gronkowski. And you could argue that Gronkowski was the missing piece in them winning the championship and them not having not having won since he wasn't playing. 
and was injured. You could argue he was the main piece because that offense didn't look the same without him. So you need more weapons. You need as many weapons as you can because it's football and people are going to get injured and older players tend to get injured more. So they, they, they need as many picks to do as much as they possibly can with this team to improve them that, the way they need to improve them. Johnson Freehold, what's up, John? Hey, good afternoon, Larry. Excellent points you're making there. I couldn't agree with you more. Listen, I'm giving them a second-round pick, and I'll give them a conditional pick next year based upon whether Rodgers commits to coming back for year two. They're not in any kind of position of power. They have no leverage. Mark Murphy, the president, came out and had diarrhea in the mouth and said they were moving on from Rodgers, and they wanted to go forward with Love. They've got to pick Love's fifth-year option up. they got that money sitting there committed to Rodgers currently choking their salary cap. And they got to get their affairs in order, getting ready for the NFL draft that's coming up here. And there's nobody else out there, Larry. It's the New York Jets or nobody. And if they play hardball and they stomp their feet and cross their arms and uh, say this is what we want and we're not taking anything else, and Rodgers decides to retire, they're getting absolutely nothing. They're getting the middle of a donut, a zero, nothing. So Joe Douglas just needs to remain patient, needs to stay strong. Same thing with the owner, Woody Johnson. I don't want Woody Johnson getting, you know, happy feet and getting impatient here and overpaying. There's no need for an overpay here. And like you said, there's other areas of this football team that need to be addressed. And I don't care who the quarterback is, whether it's Rodgers or someone else, I'm going back-to-back in both the first and the second rounds. I'm getting myself a tackle. I'm getting myself a center and I'm fortifying that offensive line. Aaron Rodgers broke his thumb a year ago because the pocket collapsed, and his offensive line was not good. It did not hold up, and he took a beating a year ago. He did not have a great season, and we saw what happened with the injury. He's a 39-year-old quarterback making a boatload of money coming off a thumb injury, okay? So I'm not overpaying. There's no need for it. Stay firm. Stay patient. Let it ride itself out. Calais Campbell was brought in for a visit coming up here. That needs to that needs to happen to solidify that defensive line to stop the run. The run defense was bad a year ago, Larry, and you know it. it and, was he, awful. and they had no, yet yeah, no natural pass rusher coming off the edge, Larry. I would not be uh, unhappy at all if they cut Carl Lawson and replaced him with um, the Kansas City uh, defensive end that just got cut recently. Um, his name's escaping me right yeah, now. Is, but, yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I know who you're talking I, I about, mean, John. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, he's, got, he's, he's, the, he's the all-time sacks leader in the playoffs. And if that's your ambition and that's your goal, to go deep in the playoffs and, God willing, win a Super Bowl, you got uh, Frank Clark. That's who I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. Get rid of Lawson. Cut him. Bring Because he's been underwhelming since they brought him in as a free agent. And Frank Clark's more of a proven commodity. Come in here. And uh, you reunite him with his teammate at the wide receiver position in Hartman. Change of scenery. I think that would be an outstanding addition. You bring Frank Clark in as a free agent coming off the edge. You bring Campbell in to fortify the tackle position on that front line. You draft another kid, another thick kid to defend the run, and, and you build it that way. And, and I'm, not, I'm not sold on Brees Hall yet either, Larry. I don't know how he's well, going to back the thing. off that injury. Yeah, he that's, seems to feel he's going to step right back in and pick it up where he left off. 
That's the thing, I, John. I you don't know. Thanks for that. the phone call, my friend. You don't know. That's the situation with him. He he could be really good. He could not be. So they're gonna. But you can draft a running back. See, see, that's the that's the scenario there. You can draft a running back um, to help you out and and to get you going and to add supplement there because you you you're right. You don't know what Brees Hall is going to be. You just don't. When we return, we'll be joined by Freddie Coleman from Freddie and Fitzsimmons here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. So my next guest is a very versatile broadcaster. You can watch him on television, see him sitting at the debate desk on first take. But more than likely, you're hearing him on 98.7 ESPN and also on the ESPN radio. As part of the great show in the evening, Freddie and Fitzsimmons, Freddie Coleman and Ian Fitzsimmons. And if you're on Twitter and you're like me, you walk to work with him every day looking at the ESPN campus. He is Freddie Coleman here on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Freddie, how are you? What's up, brother Larry? How's everything, my man? Everything is great, man. I haven't, haven't had a chance to speak to you, but like I said, I see you every day. Yeah, well, the good <laughs> thing is, even though we don't speak a lot, we're always in touch with each other. You know how we do. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So, Freddie, I want to pick your brain. I got a couple of things that I want you to help help me understand here. Okay. So first, okay. now, let me clarify this. I believe I've heard you say you are a Jets fan. Yes, I am. Okay. So, mm-hmm. Freddie, wh- where are you now with this Aaron Rodgers situation? Are you among the, the, the most of the fandom who says, we're not getting them a first-round draft push for Aaron Rodgers? No, 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 no. We'll give you a couple of twos. We'll give you a three. We're not giving up a first-round pick. Where, where are you with this? with this Aaron Rodgers situation? Uh, I'm completely on that boat when it comes to you can't give up a first-round pick for him no matter how great that Aaron Rodgers has been, and I believe he's going to be a great quarterback with the New York Jets winning if they sign him. But first-round draft picks, they are the best gold coins you can possibly have. They're a lottery ticket that you're hoping that when you scratch it off, you'll be able to cash that out, and it's going to pay off in big dividends for you. But if you're the Green Bay Packers and if that's the reason that a deal is being held up with a guy that you don't want to have around anymore, then how stupid are the Green Bay Packers? And they've clearly let everybody know that they want to move on from Aaron Rodgers. You can't allow a first-round pick to hold of the deal. So if I'm the New York Jets, just be patient because they're going to want to make a deal and the Jets want to make a deal. But giving up a first-round pick, I don't believe you can do that no matter how great I believe Aaron Rodgers is still going to be. No, it's not like you're one quarterback away, Freddie. Yeah, you know what it is with that defense, and you've added weapons. If you believe you are a quarterback away, then you can make the argument, Larry, that he's worth a first-round pick. But if you don't fortify that offensive line, because that offensive line still needs some help to make sure that this is going to work with the Jets running game and Aaron Rodgers and the receivers that he has on the outside led by Garrett Wilson, that's where that first-round pick and not having that as an even trade for Aaron Rodgers, that's not going to wash with me. At that point, if you're the New York Jets, and especially the Green Bay Packers, the more picks you can accumulate, the better it's going to be for your team when it comes to Jordan Love. Are you willing to sell your soul and say we're going to hold two to our guns and want a first-round pick? To me, if you're the Green Bay Packers, I'd rather get more picks and move on from Aaron Rodgers than wait for a first-round pick and maybe a player because if I'm the Jets, I'm not making that trade at all. Absolutely. And the other thing, Freddie, for me, first-round picks are – dealt for people that's going to play more than one or two years for me. I'm looking mm-hmm. at, now, you're talking to Lamar Jackson? Yeah, I got you. I'll give you more than one first-round pick because I know mm-hmm. I've got him for the next five to eight years at minimum. Mm-hmm. Okay, for a guy that's one year, maybe two, I'm not giving you a first-round pick. I'm just not. 
Yeah, you should because it's it's the same thing as you're going to buy a house. Are you going to buy a house that you know you're going to be involved with it for 20 years, or are you just going to buy something to flip? The Jets know that they're going to flip this house when it comes to Aaron Rodgers in a couple of years because they know exactly what that window is going to be. It would be a whole different story. You're right, Larry. Let's say if they were going to be in play for Lamar Jackson, if that was going to be their plan A or if Derek Carr was going to be their plan A, then I can see moving on from a first-round pick if the Raiders are going to be hell-bent on that or if the Baltimore Ravens, and that's what it's going to be if Lamar Jackson has that contract matched up and they don't want to match it up and then they have to move on from him and get two first round picks in return as much as Aaron Rodgers is still an asset he's still a depreciating asset because he's closer to 40 42 years of age and if you're the New York Jets you know that this is his last dance his Michael Jordan situation that's going on right now where he wants to stick it to the Green Bay Packers but you can't overpay for a rental when it's somebody that's not going to be around by 2025 2026 the voice of Freddie Coleman, part of Freddie and Fitzsimmons here on 98.7 ESPN. Freddie, what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson? I mean, nobody's giving him a guaranteed contract. Freddie, fully guaranteed? What, 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 what's going to happen with this situation? Boy, Larry, that is a, that's a $32 million question right now when it comes to Lamar Jackson because there's nothing not exclusive about this situation involving him. And there's no doubt that the NFL – and I always tell people this, Larry, that you can talk about the strongest unions in this country. There's not a stronger union than the NFL owners and the ownership groups that own their teams. And the last thing they want to give away to any player or any players are two things, money and power. And just because the Cleveland Browns gave Deshaun Watson that contract last year, and it's not to say Lamar Jackson does not have the proper stance because he's looking at what he's done for this organization on and off the football field, and he says, well, and Deshaun Watts, with all his baggage, can get that, then surely I should be getting a dollar more than that. But the NFL does not want the players to have that kind of NBA mentality where they get that kind of guaranteed contract, fully guaranteed for more than $230, $235 million. That's not something that the Baltimore Ravens are going to sign up for. And no team out there, Larry, is going to do the dirty work for the Baltimore Ravens, negotiate a contract, wreck their salary cap for one day, then the Ravens match it, and then you put all your eggs in that basket, and now you're completely, completely in plan B mode, and you don't know if there's a right plan B that's going to be out there. So that's the answer that we're all looking for what's going to happen my third my thought process is at a certain point if you're lamar jackson you're going to have to pay play for that 32 and a half million dollar non-exclusive franchise tag because if they franchise tag you again next year that's going to be close to 50 million dollars when the salary cap really goes up when all the amazon tv money when all the youtube tv money and all that comes in that's where the salary cap is going to go if you play for a 32 and a half million dollars and you go out there and ball out also, you put the, everything back in the Ravens' court that it's going to cost them more to keep you instead of trying to figure out a way to make that contract work that's going to be equitable for both parties. Plus, to be fair, uh, Freddie, if he comes back, plays for that one year, and is able to get in, them to the playoffs and play in the playoffs, mm-hmm. he's going to make more money mm-hmm. anyway. You, I, I can't. How can I jump on the owners for not giving you a fully guaranteed contract and you haven't finished the season in two years? Yeah, here's the one thing, and it's a fair point, Larry, but here's the one thing that bugs me about the negotiation tactic, and that's Mm -hmm. what it is right now when it comes to the Baltimore Ravens. The same things that you've been gifted by this guy when it comes to Lamar Jackson are the same things you're using against him when it comes to the negotiation process. That's the part that bothers me because you know exactly the kind of style that he plays. You've been embracing that style. You've been able to flip your offense to make that work, and it has worked. They've been a much better football team with him playing this way than off the football field. But they try to say that the way he plays is too much of a high risk for them. Let me bring some school knowledge to them. The last two times he's gotten injured that's missed the rest of the regular season, 
happened when he was in the pocket, not running away from people, not avoiding mm-hmm. big hits outside of the pocket. So if they want to kind of play that Jedi mind trick to make that work when it comes to a tactic, then they better do their homework because the two times he got injured that knocked him out the rest of the regular season wasn't because he was running reckless out of the pocket. It happened inside the pocket. And that's the part that bothers me about this negotiation mm-hmm. is that we want to pay you, but not the way you play. You can't have it both ways if you're the Baltimore Ravens. Absolutely right, Freddie. You're a thousand percent right. Now, we've talked about Aaron Rodgers. That's a major story in the NFL. Lamar Jackson's a major story in the NFL. But there's two that I've really got my eye on, Freddie. One is what's going to happen in Washington as you start to hear more and more people being added to the possible new ownership group. And the other thing is going to be this Brian, this Brian Flores discrimination case against the NFL, against the Giants, Broncos, and Texans. Um, which one is scarier for the league, in your opinion? Oh, the fact that Daniel Snyder may still be an owner in the National Football League, that's just scary by it like it's October 31st every day of the week if you're a fan of the National Football League or just an ownership group in the NFL because the Brian Flores situation, and it's amazing how that's still bubbling under and has not gone away, but we have not thought about it as much because it has not been front and center, and especially when Brian Flores was able to find an assistant job when he brought that lawsuit against the National Football League. So we still have miles and miles to go before whatever resolution is going to happen. And my gut feeling tells me that more often than not, the NFL always wins the kind of cases that wind up in court. But if you're Dan Snyder and you clearly put it out there, and I've read the reports that he's cleared out his office, he's taking the pictures off the wall, he's taking the fake fruit from the conference tables in the Washington Commanders headquarters. So he's given the appearance that he's ready to move on. But when you have a wild card like that, he may wake up one day and say, okay, put the pictures back on the wall, put the fake food back on the tables in the conference rooms. I'm not going anywhere. That should be a scary proposition if you're the NFL because you still don't know if he's going to go through this, no matter what kind of pressure has been put on him to just move away, get your billions of dollars, and do whatever you want, but you're no longer part of the NFL fabric anymore. He enjoys being a part of that. He enjoys being a part of that boys' club and girls' club, especially when that's the billionaire, billionaire boys' club and girls' club that comes to the NFL. So that's the one thing that should scare anybody, that he may decide to do something like this and then wake up one day and decide, nope, I still want to be an owner with the Washington Commanders because the NFL still doesn't have the power to take the team away from him. You know, that's kind of, Freddie, the downside is to all the owners and everybody sharing things equally because in the NBA, you go back to what happened with the Clippers. It's the sponsors Mm -hmm. that got them to get rid of that owner, Sterling. It was the sponsorship saying, listen, walking in the building and the sponsors got coverage over their their signage that's what happens and see in the nfl you don't have that issue if they had that in the nfl he would have been out a long time ago because they would have pulled the sponsorship and it's all about the money yeah the trampoline off of what you just said larry because remember that whole don imus situation the rutgers Mm -hmm. women's basketball team i remember when that happened i got a call in the air that night saying that there's no way he can keep his job i said well he said worse things than this working for Infinity Broadcasting. I said, let a sponsor or two decide to pull the advertising from his show. Then we'll have an entirely different conversation. 72 hours later, Amala pulled their Procter & Gamble. All those sponsors all of a sudden pulled the advertising, and then all of a sudden Don Imus was a problem for Infinity Broadcasting. You're exactly right. The NFL loves money. 
they make a hell of a lot of money. They can write a check in every bank in this country with bounce kind of money. That's the kind of money the NFL has. But until sponsors decide to pony up and say we're not going to stand for this, then the NFL is always going to have that position of strength that they're going to deal with. No sponsors wanted to pull away from the Washington Commanders in terms of servicing that team. They want him out, but at the same time, they're not exactly putting their money behind their words and their actions when it comes to him still owning that franchise in Washington. Freddie, last thing, uh, what's, the, what's it like up there in Final Four territory? <laughs> Man, you, you know what it is? I tell everybody all the time. You always talk about Christmas time and Christmas Day, and you get that toy underneath the tree, the toy that you wanted, and you get a toy you didn't expect, and you're glad about it. That's been the Final Four this year. That's been the NCAA tournament. Because if you had told anybody that Florida Atlantic would be playing Kansas State for a chance to go to the Final Four, and people would not shrug their shoulders, they would not treat it like it was a Maui Invitational Consolation game, I'd have said you're completely out of your mind. But it shows you exactly when storylines matter and people want to have themselves be gripped by those storylines, then it supersedes that Duke and North Carolina and UCLA and all those other blue blood teams are not having a chance to play to get into the Final Four. That was about as riveting of an East Region Championship game in Madison Square Garden that we saw. But we saw the same thing two nights earlier when Kansas State was getting involved and Marquise Noah was doing his thing. Anytime you have great moments, great people stepping up and star power on the Broadway stage, believe me, it wasn't somebody like the old Seinfeld episode saying an understudy for Bed Midler. We got Bed Midler you know, on Friday and on a Thursday and a Saturday involving Kansas and Florida Atlantic. So believe me, we've been tasty pudding with this whole tournament that has been terrific from start to finish. No number one in the final four. That's amazing. That is amazing. Freddie Coleman, thanks for a couple of minutes, my friend. We'll be listening to you and giving and Fitzsimmons our regards as well. I certainly will, my friend. Anything for you, my man. So let's do it again soon, Larry, okay? I, I appreciate you. Thanks, All brother. Right, take care. Freddie Coleman, part of Freddie and Fitz here on 98.7 ESPN and the ESPN Radio Network. When we return, we've got some closing thoughts on a little baseball. Yes, the season begins this week without Edwin Diaz. But I can't complain. The Yankees got some more issues. We'll talk next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hardesty till the top of the hour here on 98.7 ESPN. And he's he's just starting shortstop. Let's, let's make it clear. It's not IKF. It's not. Volpe's your guy. Very simple. It's a no-brainer for me. Even as a Met fan, I can see that. And I will admit to you, I haven't. I'm, I'm, it's hard for me to see with Edwin Diaz. And I know what they're saying about the Mets. We got this, we got that. I'll get to that in a second. Right now I'm talking about the Yankees. And it's not going to be easy for them. They need to get off to as quick a start as possible. Three starters on the I.L. Again. Again. And listen, it's easy to kill Brian Cashman, Eli in Washingtonville. It's easy to kill Brian Cashman. Has he made the best decisions? No, I will grant that to you. But at the time, at the time, the contract for Severino was not a bad deal. It wasn't. He was on the precipice of being your ace. He was going to be your ace. At worst, your number two. Now, the injuries, you can't foresee that. And he's out again. So, clearly, you're not going to bring him back because, you know, you can't. his availability is an issue. So, I get it. 
but the piling on with Cashman in this case, in this case, now there's some other ones that which you can't defend. <laughs> okay, can't. But in this case with Severino, you know, because you go, oh, look at the money he's making. It's happened. It was an injury situation. It's a tough, tough deal. But I, I'm just really curious to see, as my good friend and partner Gordon Damerose always says, it's really good. To, it's interesting to see how they're going to deal with left field. And obviously Donaldson's your third baseman. And they're going to tell you about the metrics defensively, and they're going to tell you what he's able to. He had a whole couple of home runs this this exhibition season. They're going to tell you about that. He's an offensive guy. He had a tough year last year, yeah, but he's going to bounce back. And that's what they have to think. And once again, this thing, this part, I agree with Cashman on. You're not going to make a big-time trade before the season. You don't do that. What they do with the Yankees is very simple. They wait until around the All-Star break, around the trading deadline, and they make their moves. And usually... It's the right thing to do because you've had the whole season, first part of the season, to see your strengths and weaknesses, to see what you have to do and what you have to make changes at, what positions. Now, uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I have a lot of confidence in the Yankees that they will hang around, even with the struggles at the starters. Okay? I, I think they'll hang around. They'll be okay. And I know being okay is not what you sign up with the Yankees, but I'm, I am, I must admit, I'm really curious to see what happens with them offensively this year. Okay. Uh, do they have, will they have to rely, will they not be as great in the first half as they were last year, where they were unworldly? I mean, if you're a Yankee fan, listen, you'd rather them be, decent in the first half and decent in the second half than to be great in the first half and die offensively in the second half. All right? And I expect that Rizzo will have a better year. Okay? I expect that he'll be better. I actually think that uh, the Yankee offense is going to be a little better than you expect. I do. I think it's going to be a little better than you expect. I think you're going to get some extra hits because of the things that's happening with the shift. I think you're going to get some uh, extra offense from guys you're not expecting. Okay. Uh, I think you're going to, I think it's going to be, I think you're going to have a little better offense than what you expect. I really do. I'm hoping for you guys, but it, it, I will admit it is going to be tough for you to try to get some more offense, I mean, some more pitching at the start of the rotation because of the guys you've got out. And I I clearly hope that you don't have the same situation with Garrett Cole giving up home runs that you had last year. Okay. I really hope that I really hope that he takes that next step because unfortunately, while I think you will get more offense, a lot of pressure on him to do well at the beginning of the season, right? Because of the situation that you've got behind him with your second and third starters. Okay, because of that. So I get it. Going to be a lot of pressure on him to try to keep you close. He, You really need him to be 
your ace. And I think Nestor Cortez will be as good as advertised. I think he's solid. But I expect DJ LeMahieu to be better. I expect Labor Torres to give you something more than, you've, than he's given you. And actually, I do think that Giancarlo Stanton is going to be is going to have a better year than he had last year. I really do. I think he's going to be better. As far as the Mets are concerned, um, listen, we're all we're, we're still trying to recover from the idea that we are not going to have Edwin Diaz. Yeah. No, we'll be hearing that. We'll be hearing it in our heads, but he won't be there. <laughs> sure wish we had the trumpets. Sure wish we heard the trumpets were coming in. No, nah, it's not going to be there. Are you, okay. So are you telling me, Larry, we got Adovino? It's going to be good. We've got Robertson, who's solid, and he is. And listen, I like I've told you before, covered him when he was with the Yankees. And as I was telling the guys during the break, give him a lot of credit because he had he followed a legend as closer, a legend in Mariano Rivera and was very good. Now, uh, he is, I tell Met fans right now, he is not good for your health. <laughs> you are going to be reaching for antacids a lot. But he gets the job done. And he'll load the bases, but he'll get out of it. And so, you know, you can piece together the bullpen. But it is going to affect how Buck Walter uses his bullpen. So we'll see what happens. For, for, for the... For the Mets at the start, it's all about the top of the rotation, right? It's all about the top of the rotation. It's all about your two future Hall of Famers. That's that's what you're talking about. That's what the season hinges on. If the top of the rotation can stay healthy and effective, you'll be all right. You'll be okay. My concern still is, and I'm a little disappointed that Brett Batty is starting in the minors, but I under, I understand why. I still think that the Mets need another bat. I just do. I, I still think they need another bat in that lineup to add some length to it. So we'll see. I mean, listen, Lord knows if they need it, they got enough money to make sure they can get it. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I want to see another bat and some home runs on that scoreboard that new scoreboard that's out at City Field. That's what I'm looking for, ladies and gentlemen. I want to see runs. That wraps up this edition of the Larry Hardesty Show. We thank you for making us a part of your Sunday afternoon. Special thanks to Dennis Wozniak of the Associated Press and Freddie Coleman from Freddie and Fitz for joining us as guests. Tom Bauer, Joe Leo, thank you very much. We'll see you tomorrow night following the Knicks on ESPN New York tonight with Gordon Damon. The conversation continues here on 98.7 ESPN.